Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Backing down a lefty hook, breaks it in! With your host, Elliot Anderson, stuffed it down behind his head. Sanku Smith, the tipping is good at the buzzer. Now it's time for the tip. Back for the second part of episode 33 of the Hang Time Podcast. Sanku Smith from the Hang Time blog at NBA.com. My co-host, Lang Whitaker, and our extra special Semi co host. 3D Dennis Scott. He's a co co host. Still co-co-host. in the building with us. Yeah. That's right. What up, podcast What's listeners? Up, sir? What's up? How y'all doing? Listen, so we we had a two parter for the for the people this week. Thanksgiving. Just call this our early Christmas gift. Get a you know, get the conversation rolling. We got another guest joining us here shortly, Mike Conley, young point guy from the Memphis Grizzlies. Gonna come on. We're gonna talk to him about uh, a number of topics, but Greg Oden, one of his oldest friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's saying it's about twenty-two-year-old guys, but you know, one of his uh, one of his oldest friends played high school together, played AAU together, played at Ohio State together for one year, and um, their their career paths have taken very different turns mm-hmm. in the NBA. So I'm get him on and and kind of talk to him about Greg Oden and and that whole situation. Injuries, the the easiest way. Uh, obviously, to take a guy's career and throw it up, you know, what I mean, and just throw it up in the air. Um, any, I mean, there's no question. That's the one thing that nobody, no player can prepare for, is it? No, it's that is the only thing. Yeah, you can I mean, prepare for. I mean, because when you look at his injuries, uh, one, he was going up to block the shot, and the knee gives out on him. Yeah. And the other one, I think he banged in practice, mm-hmm. and then he re-injured in the game. So all of his injuries have been active injuries. It's just frustrating if you're a Blazers fan because you know the history. Yeah. First thing comes to all of our minds, and you think Sam Bowie, you think they, the, uh, the Blazers could have drafted Michael Jordan, then you think now he gets hurt, then you, the Blazers could now have drafted Kevin Durant. So it, it, it's amazing how a decision, mm-hmm. one wrong decision, one wrong evaluation, and it sets you back for years. Yeah. We talked about it earlier, and I was talking about how I, I – you always hear about Sam Bowie, and, and I, I don't really remember watching him because it was before my time. So I looked him up the other day. And even after he went through what he went through in Portland, he had like four really good years right. in New Jersey where right. he played – he averaged like 70-something games a year, yep. almost a double-double. And then he had two years with the Lakers at the end of his career. And so, like I, you know, I think it's too early to write Odin off. No, I agree. You know? I mean, we don't know – here's a good question. We talk about this at work. Like, what would it take from Odin to make you consider him – um, a success story from Stay now healthy. on. Stay you healthy. think if he has like four double double years? I don't. I, it, to, to all fairness, 
I don't even think he has to have double-double years. Yeah. I think he has to stay healthy, yeah. and the numbers will be the numbers. Right. Because we know he's talented. We know he has skills. Yeah. But you can you cannot block shots if you're not healthy. Right. You can't grab us 15, 18 rebounds if you're not healthy. Right. Now, we know on the offensive end it was still a work in progress. But the fact that you cannot stay healthy to stay on the court – these numbers won't be consistent because he's not, you know, on the court long enough. Sam Sam Bowie's career numbers, and this is stunning when you think about it, 511 NBA games. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of games. 511 games. I mean, for all the, the mess he takes for Because he know, missed, what, the first five years with yeah. Portland? Yeah, I mean, well. well he, he played, I think, his whole rookie year, and then he missed I, – I might be – this might be wrong, but he played – I think he met, got injured early in his second year – Re-injured it in his third year. He missed an entire season at one point. He played yeah. 20 games one year. Yep. Played 20 games his last year in Portland. Yeah. 23, and, uh, 24, and 25. Yep. And there's a year missing in there. Like, if you look at the years, I think 88, 89. Yep. Or one of those years, he was out for the entire year. And then, but then. 87, it, 88, yeah. Okay. And, the then, season, yeah. and then look in Jersey, though. Like, in Jersey. Totally different. And last week I wrote, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong. Last week I wrote. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that. Portland, for Greg Oden's sake and their own, needed to let him go somewhere else. Like, let him start fresh somewhere else. I don't want to see him try and come back from this yet again. Like, I don't want to see it in Portland. I think it's too much on him in Portland. And I and I and I get the feeling Greg Oden has this this vein running through him that he wants to make right, you know make right on all the sure wrong. Does. And I and I know that. That pride is in him where he wants to say, well, I want to pay back the people of Portland for supporting me, this and the other. But I think he needs a new start. Like, he needs to go somewhere totally fresh where he doesn't have that dog in him every yeah. block he turns and every fan in the stands is in their eyes. Every time he limps, they're going to think, oh, here we go. You know what I'm saying? That's got to be really hard for Portland, too. Though. Yeah. Even maybe harder than it is for Odin because I say send him to guy. Nashville and send Vince Young to Portland. Well, it, it's <laughs> Micah. <laughs> that ain't going to work, Micah. It's to me when you look at it now, it's mentality versus reality. Right. The mentality may be he wants to do the right thing, he wants to stay here in, in Portland and yeah. try to turn around and show good grace. But the reality is you don't know when the health is going to be there to a point where you feel comfortable. Right. And you don't want to invest the money. That's why they didn't give him the contract. Yeah, they didn't, and you don't want to hold up a spot just in case there is another opportunity to get another big man that can take you to down the road. So that's why it's mentality versus reality for me. Yeah, I, I just don't want to see him – because if he if he tries to come back in Portland and it doesn't work out again, well, you know, then it's almost kind of like this, well, why even bother to keep trying this thing? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? If he gets a fresh start somewhere and say in two – put it to you this way. Say, that, say he gets a fresh start somewhere completely different. Two years from now you hear like Greg Oden is the starting center for, you know, whoever. It would be like, wow, okay, Odin. You know, Odin found another spot. Let's see mm-hmm. if he can do this, you know, again. Like, But if he's just in Portland rehabbing, then you see him try yeah. and come back. Maybe it doesn't work out. He misses more time. Then he comes back, tries again. To me, it's just too much. To, you know, you got these scars. It's ne- they're never going away. Right. The Portland fans, going back to not only Sam Bowie, but Bill Walton's career yeah. was injury, you know, injury plagued, plagued in Portland. So, I mean, it's like they have this legacy – of big men mm-hmm. struggling with injuries there. It's almost like I don't want to see him have to outrun the injuries and the ghosts of other guys, right. you know, situations. You no, know, the flip side of that, what if he does go somewhere and stays healthy and becomes oh, an all-star? it would just be – Then now Portland's – You feel even worse. Face, I know, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, oh, we should have kept him. We 
He was only 12. I know. They let him it's, go. He was banged yeah. up. So That's why like, I say it's a dilemma. It's, it's, is that like when Grant Hill goes back to Orlando now and and fans will boo sometimes, you know, like even though he was hurt. As if he yeah, as yeah. if he wanted to be out all that time, yeah. you know. I don't yeah. know. It's it's a it's a weird deal because and maybe that's what we need to be talking to to get on Micah, call Grant Hill, see if we can't get on. <laughs> but we I mean, maybe that's what we need to be talking to yeah. about how you go about this cuz I'm sure Grant Hill in his heart of hearts would have loved to do what he's doing now mm-hmm. for the magic. Mm-hmm. You know but what? it just didn't happen that way. And, and I'm going to throw this out here for your podcast listeners and, and bring up a great question that's kind of the new water, water cooler talk is who are the top three or four guys who have fallen from grace because of injury? And the wow. first name comes to mind for me, I played with the guy, was Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway. Mm-hmm. Before Penny Hardaway's microfracture surgery, he was hands down a freak of nature athleticism-wise. Yeah. Everyone remembers when we beat New York and he dunked baseline over Patrick Ewing. Yep. It was played over and over in New York mm-hmm. media. Right. He was one of those guys. And, and injuries, like we said earlier when we started this, this segment off, is that you can't prevent them. You don't know no, when they're coming. You can work out. You can be in the greatest shape in the world, and guys have still gotten hurt. Yeah. Look at a guy like Steve Francis. Mm-hmm. who we know when Coutinho Moby left Houston, that was his first injury. And then his second injury was, his, I think, was his hip or his knee and never came back yeah. to the same guy again. Yeah. So, and this is a, a, another situation with T-Mac. The, T-Max, and he's a fresh mile on the, before he yeah. hurt his knee. Yeah. Remember how good he was? He yeah. was like top two or three guys in the league. Yeah. yeah. Injuries. So, it, it's just something when you look at some of the great ones over the years, that the injuries have taken away their athleticism, and now can they think the game? Can they play the game? Can they play the game smarter? Remember Dominique Wilkins in his yeah. career, turns his Achilles. He was never the same. Or, Dominique or from Wilkins that again. era, even like David Thompson. Yep. Or um, and the, the I'm just I just blanked. I just thought. It, of I mean, at least Neek got a chance to still play. To play, yeah. you know, and he certainly played throughout. You know, he's piled up thousand, you know, twenty some yeah. thousand odd points. So I mean, he at least got a chance to. Play through his prime. Bernard King. Bernard, Bernard King, King is a yeah. prime example. Never got a chance to play through his prime without the injuries being an issue. Penny never got a chance nope. to operate in his prime like you would want him to. Right. Um, what about a guy like Jay Williams whose injuries were self-inflicted? That's different. I mean, because well, it was still an accident. I mean, it's not like he hurt himself. He didn't mean to. Yeah, yeah, he didn't mean to. But, but, yeah, but I mean, were, not on the court. Right. To- that's a to- great. Great question, Michael, but a totally to me or, a totally different dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Hurley yeah. too. I mean, yeah, similar. totally different dynamic. Yeah, and, and 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 it's a great question, but the dynamic of the first question is these injuries happened on the court or in a practice situation. And after we had seen them, you know, terrorized for a while. They've yeah, been around for two or three years, yeah, yeah. years and, and you realize this could be something special. Like to me, Grant Hill shoots up high up that list. Yes, yeah. and the, the redeeming factor for him is obviously he's still playing and playing. Great. Really Solid well. Basketball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Playing not all not necessarily an all star, but playing right. really well. Now, you know, I remember when Grant Hill was in Detroit. People were talking about Grant Hill like he's gonna be the best he's the heir apparent. Like he's he, next. Yeah, he's, he's up next. next after Jordan. I mean right. that's how good Grant Hill was at, at one stage of his career before right. the injuries took over. So it's tough. No, for it's and Grant Hill's a good friend of mine. We're from, you know, northern Virginia, right outside of DC and and just remembering him leaving Duke, winning the national championship. Mm-hmm. He was the perfect model on and off the court, great yeah, citizen, everything. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so it just, you know, we ask guys, and we talk about this on the fantasy show, is is it smart being a warrior? 
Because there's a fine line between being hurt and being injured. And certain guys, you can play hurt. Right. You can play hurt. You can play sore. After 15 games, every player in the NBA is hurt or sore. Right. Right. But if you're injured, you need to set your butt down. (laughs) Because if you're injured, you're trying to play through that, and then you're doing something stupid, then you probably get hurt and something that could hurt you for your whole career. Right. And I think that's where the younger guys today have to be smart about when you're hurt and when you're injured. I mentioned this uh, earlier. David Aldridge's morning tip on NBA.com addresses this very issue, not just with Odin, but with Brandon Roy. You know, you're talking about a guy running around with with – meniscus free knees or whatever i mean he's right. like he he has to get shots to lube his knees up just so he can right. be pain you know try and play semi-pain 25 years old yeah i mean he's been an all-star oh. but what what might his career be if he was running around on two healthy knees and i guess you can always bring that question up baron davis entered the league you know with a knee that had been repaired you know i think what he about, uh, did in college so Co- i mean it's right what about right. kobe last season I mean, playing with his hand taped together, yeah, and, and I mean, you know, like he had to totally change the way he shoots and all finger, that. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that goes for, and like Dennis was saying, you know, everybody's hurt and yeah. sore. And after and, fifteen games, yeah, yeah. everybody's hurt. What was the worst injury you played with? Um, L five, L four, slip disc. <laughs> it would not stay in place. It would like pop out. In weird times, and, right. you know, practice or on a plane, right. you know, you set too long it pop out. And, and that's, if anyone's had a bad back before, that is the, knee injuries are tough too because that's where you're cutting and stopping. But when you're back, I mean, you cough and it hurts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, and that, that's just, it's just a yeah, tough Yeah, you can't injury. exactly take a shot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've heard guys do it, but I said, no, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I'm not taking no shot. Nobody want to play around with no, your back like no, that. No, you don't no. want to play around with your back. Mm-mm. I'm trying to think, who else can we think of more recently that's had injuries? Steve Francis wasn't – I mean, I guess he had some injuries, but not – Right. Not that, to that's the why, extent That's of, why I had to poke at him a little bit because I yeah. think the bigger injuries when Coutinho Moby left, I think he was more hurt off of that. <laughs> that's than, than the injury. But, I'm glad 3D said that. Yeah, I had to say it because <laughs> I know that's what people were thinking because those two guys were playing at an extreme high level and exciting, and, and right. we thought Houston was on their way back up. And I've never, ever in my life of being around professional sports or found as a kid see a grown man's game change because a teammate left. Yeah, that's interesting. What about Yao Ming? Yao Ming, I was just thinking with the injuries. Yao Yao is on the road to being a guy whose career will be marred by injuries. Yes, Yao Ming's next. It probably, you know, in hindsight, it probably happens so much more than we realize. Because a lot of guys play through it. Yeah, a lot of those guys are playing through stuff like – Larry Bird, the end of his career, right. stained yeah. by well, injury. Couldn't move. Couldn't, you know, well, even, last three or four years, he couldn't Even budge. Steve Nash, like the last three years, you know, he Everybody has to lay got, down on the, yeah. on the sidelines and he can't sit on the bench because his back's so bad. And, and and that's the part, as a fan, as an ex-player, when you talk to fans about right. the situation, the fan who really understands the game would rather have his superstar player sit down. Right. Get healthy so you can help my team win. Compared to, like I said earlier on fantasy, we, we really salute those guys who are, are warriors that are playing through it. But the more and more you think about it, I don't know if it's smart to be a warrior. Well, let me ask you, as, as a former player, All-Star Weekend every year, we go to these, you see the Legends brunch right. and this stuff. And everybody, yeah, everybody is. And, and I know that anytime you pound your body the way these guys do on that court for 20-some years, and you're going all the way back to the time you are yeah. probably in middle school, 
you know, till you're 30, mid-30s and later, that amount of time playing at that level is going to take its toll on you physically. It's not like the NFL where everybody has six and seven surgeries mm-hmm. when they're done playing, but don't all NBA players, you know, when you retire and you get older, they always got to get a replaced hip, you know, or a knee. You knee. see the fingers that are, like, running right. two different directions when they're supposed to go this. I mean, it's good always luck, some. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? What did you say? I said, good, I said, luck, good luck, Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, outside of my pinky finger, I can't make a fist on my left hand because I broke my pinky <laughs> a long time ago. And but, I mean, I there's always something. No, you, you're right. There's always and, something that. This, that you have to pay for later, necessarily. Well, and, and that's why I harp on, you know, some of these guys, you just have to be smart. I mean, yeah. Kobe, hands down, the warrior of the decade of all the injuries he's right. played through. But I still question, Kobe, is that the smartest thing for you to do? Right. To right. play through this injury. And now at 30, what, two years old, mm-hmm. you're really 38 because mm-hmm. of all the miles and all the games, the games you played, yeah. you've played, you, you've played a hundred games the last five years, last four and a half years, because you've gone to yeah. either the finals or the or the conference finals and an Olympics and the Olympics when you yeah. throw that into the mix. So now you're not 32, you're 38. You know, it's weird. These guys, you become a victim of your own success sometimes. And right. I think that's about, the, I think point. about two teams that really stand out to me. As you look at the players and you go, man, they aged faster than I thought. Detroit. The players who were on those Pistons teams mm-hmm. that win the sixth straight five, and the Spurs, mm-hmm. like it's because Tim Duncan hasn't had a season-ending no, he's tired knee injury or something like that. But you look at him, he just looks he just tired. I mean, it, we didn't talk about him, which is a uh, disgraceful. I mean, guy no, becomes because, the, becomes because, their all-time you know leading why? scoring you know, in, in the team's NBA his, history. His injuries didn't slow him down and make him non-effective. Right. They just slowed him down and Popovich set him down right. and not right. not letting him play back-to-back. Right. So Popovich said, you know what? I'm not going to let you do what you want to do and show us you a warrior. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not doing that. Sit down. So I need you for the springtime. Right. And that's the part where you, you, you I was saying about y'all early in the year. Rick Allen, take a page out of Pop's book. Set his butt down, play him his normal minutes certain nights, and set him down and rest him. But when you play that many games, postseason games, in such a short amount of time, like when you make four, five, six runs to the conference finals in a row, right? that's another season. That's like taking playing seven seasons in six. Mm-hmm. It's got to take a toll on your body. Ben mm-hmm. Wallace, Chauncey even, you like it, it just looks like some rip, Tayshaun. Like, Tayshaun is not – an old guy. Right. But if you see him, he looks like – you feel like he's been in the league for 15 years. Right. And I think, to me, that's got to be a, a product of playing deep into May and June How do you fix over that? and over Is again. there any way to fix that? Yes, you got to get better benches. Right. When yeah. you look at all those teams, their benches weren't that nice. They only yeah. went seven, eight deep. Right. And and you talk about uh, when Robert Orridge was San Antonio, he was a service guy. But they only had two or three guys that you can go deep into the bench. So, I right. think these teams, if you can, but then again – the better you are, you lose a guy or two every year to free agency yeah. because your bench is right. serviceable. But that's why the Spurs are so amazing because they go find some guy. Yep. Yep. Never heard of Gary Neal. Gary this Neal. Year. Yep. Yep. They yep. go find some guy and they yep. bring him in. He's perfect. Sasquatch. He fits right in. I'm like, who is Sasquatch? <laughs> oh, Tiago Spinner. There yeah. he is. Yeah, they always come <laughs> up you know what I mean? You find, you, they do a great job of finding the diamond in the rough. You know, you also need you need somebody else to jump up and knock you out of the race every now and then. Yeah. Like, it's great to go all those years in a row, but – you, it could be prevented if somebody else would step up and beat you. It, it just didn't happen. The Pistons no. ruled the roost for a long time so, in terms of getting to the conference finals. Someone said, aren't you tired of Boston and the Lakers and the Spurs winning the championship every year? I said, no. 
I said, not at all. It lets me know that these other owners aren't hiring the right GMs that know how to evaluate talent. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, you know, because all these other teams, how, how can the Lakers have two years off when they don't make the playoffs, they make one trade, mm-hmm. one trade, Pau Gasol comes in, and they're <laughs> back to win. When it's a great trade. <laughs> you, see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Why did anyone else think of yeah. going at the, at the uh, Pau Gasol? Well, what's going to be interesting, the, the Lakers have made this, you know, they're working on three straight years of making it to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. You wonder what kind of starts will they have if they make another run this year deep into June. Mm-hmm. What kind of starts will they have in them? Gasol's a young guy and hasn't played deep into the playoffs earlier in his career. But right. Kobe, Lamar, you know, what our test has got mileage. Derek Fisher has tons of, you know, right. it'll be interesting to see what their nucleus has left after this run if they make another one. Well, go, go ahead. No, when we had Steve Kerr on a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying when he was with the Bulls, that yeah. third championship run was, was by far the yes. hardest they'd had. Yeah. Just physically, and he, he was he was saying he didn't even think the Lakers were going to be able to do it this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he didn't think the Lakers would, would get to the finals. The only reason I think they're still primed for it is because of the big guys. Yeah. And, and that's one of the – as much as we talk about the Lakers, their role and their champs, we still haven't talked about Andrew Bynum yet. Mm-hmm. We know he's going to get healthy. And I just think the landscape's going to change. Mm. I think Kobe will slow down some, and he's smart enough to realize, okay, pal, Drew, we ri- I'm riding y'all young fellas. Yeah. Right, Come right. on, carry carry us. Y'all know when the springtime comes, my body will be thawed out. I'll be ready to go, and I'll help <laughs> y'all out. But during the regular season, I got to ride y'all big fellas. Well, last mm-hmm. year – I, we re- argued repeatedly about had Kobe lost a step because he was averaging point six points fewer than he did. <laughs> and I was, Mike, I'm sure you remember our, our debates about has Kobe lost a step. And I was always like, what step? I mean, what what has he lost? He's smarter. He plays yeah. different. He's Wiser. not dunking and yeah. not playing right. above the rim like he did. But That's something you said earlier and I forgot to mention is that after your first year or two, the smarter All-Stars games Take off yeah. because now you're not trying to dunk every play. Yeah. Remember Kobe's first three years right. when he tried to prove he could Everything, cross everybody yeah. up, yeah. he could dunk on everybody? Then he finally slowed down and said, whoa, I'm <laughs> right, going right. way too fast. <laughs> I'm trying to do way too much. Right. Let me master a couple of these moves and become one of the greatest players ever. And that's what he's well, did done. You, did you see Beasley the other day and he was saying, they were saying uh, he only has one move. I can't remember who said that the other night. Ron Artest. Ron Artest. We talked about it on fans. Ron Artest. Oh, BZ only got one move. BZ said, until you stop it, I'm going to keep you. Yeah. You yeah. Like, what's, what's wrong what's with wrong that? What's wrong with one move? <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did the same move every day. Yeah. And nobody never stopped it. And, and I think. 38,000 points. Don't you think these guys, if you get a move that you know you can do, it's your, like Steve Smith used to do the, the fake the out of bounds. Yeah. 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 Shake, if you have yeah. your move and it works, you can yeah. ride it for 15 years. Think about it. AI wrote the crossover for yeah. a decade. Yeah, like, already wrote his version of the crossover. Yeah, yeah. It, you know that's that cracks me up that that somebody would say something like that about Beasley because to me Beasley is just scratching the surface. Yeah, even even at this stage of his career, I think Minnesota has been a a, a great set you know setup for him because he gets from under the pressure that he had on him in Miami mm-hmm. playing along. You know, everybody wanted him to be Wade's sidekick. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't work out, but now he gets to go to Minnesota. And become a totally different player than the one he, you know, than the guy he was in Miami. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where he takes it. 
I don't know if he takes it to an all-star level or not, but I still think he has that potential to become Definitely. an all Like, I don't think there's any doubt that everything you thought about him coming into the league is still true. He this has is, the potential to be that guy. This is like the first time in the league that he's been the man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and maybe that's what he needed. Right. You know? A lot of guys can't handle that, but maybe that was what he needed, yeah. you know, and that opportunity. Um, and we've talked to a lot of guys who talk about opportunity is so important, mm-hmm. and he's getting it. You know? He never played when he – I mean, the first time he ever set foot on a basketball court when he wasn't the man was probably when he went to Miami. Right, right. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. – you know, he was in college. You know, he was in high school and everywhere he went. I mean, that had to be a mental adjustment as much as anything. And I think now, too, he's having fun, you know, being a leader. Yeah. When when him and Kevin Love came through, had a chance to sit down with those guys. They played the Hawks and mm-hmm. – and basically, they both realize they have to play well just to be competitive. Right, right. And and now David Kahn is looking a little bit smarter now because we all gave him a lot of grief with, uh, with Darko, Darko and Love. Yeah. And and Darko had a good night now. the other night. He had a good night. He had yeah. a good night. I mean, he actually, you know, wow, Dirk, Darko blocked game. shots and actually <laughs> posted up and dunked on somebody. Manna from heaven. Oh, my Con. goodness. <laughs> Con. But, <Nah. laughs> yes. It, it's it's, it's going to take more than one good night for Darko to – Yes, shake shake more his ghost more than one year too. Yeah, let's. But no, it, we know that's we talked about the the list of guys affected by injury. Wouldn't it be interesting to go back and just study, say, the last ten years, and go back and look at the guys who were started one place and then got to the next step, and it, you know, the career took off. I want I wonder how long of a list that would be of guys who were too long written off show. at one point. Yeah, like written <laughs> off at one point, and then the second stop becomes. The one that opens the door to to bigger things. It'd be interesting to to look back and see who were some of the names that headline that group. You I know, think first thing that comes to mind for me is a guy, actually two guys, Jamal Crawford being one, right. because he was in bad situations everywhere he went, got the tag that he, he's never going to win, yeah. he's not going to be a team player, mm-hmm. and he comes to the Hawks and get his first playoff. Yeah. I think that's big, and same, and along with Zach Randolph, yeah. mm-hmm. he was he was considered. Oh, he's a black hole. He's cancerous. Right. He gets to Memphis. He's a good team guy. He's good in the locker room. He yeah. plays hard all year. And then now people say, you know what? Maybe Zach Randolph and these two guys have changed their stripes. Poster child, Chauncey Billups. Yeah, it's, oh, it's a Chauncey great call. Like, his yeah. first he's six like the years. patron saint of. That's uh, right. <laughs> right. You oh, know, being uh, written uh, off. He can't play. Yeah. He can't play D. Oh, he yeah. can't shoot. Yeah. He don't know how to run a team. Went to Memphis, what, went to Minnesota twice, Orlando, Denver, Denver, and then back to Denver, and then followed to Detroit, and now he's one of the best, you know, uh, uh, game runners in the league. Well, uh, we'll go down as you know, as a as a guy who was a linchpin to a championship team. We're not going to top that one. Like that's the best. Yeah, Chauncey. Best to me, example. Chauncey is easily the the the, the guy, the the poster number boy three pick. Yeah, coming out of college, right? He was, like, he was third yeah. pick. That's unbelievable. Dennis, let me ask you a question. Uh, I know we're sort of moved on, but you're talking about Popovich sitting down dunking and stuff. I always wonder, how much do you think job security plays into that? Like, Popovich doesn't have to worry about if he doesn't win tomorrow night getting fired, so he can sort of take that approach with a guy like Duncan. Well, because he's the guy that that gives you that that, that flexibility. And, and Pop said, it, I think, after their second championship, you know, how long are you going to coach, your contract's up? He says, as long as Timmy's here, I'm okay. <laughs> and, and that was him being pop, being very honest. 
And he said, I'm not a great coach. Y'all didn't call me a great coach until Timmy got here. Because when <laughs> Dave was here by himself, when I kept losing first round, I wasn't a great coach. <laughs> Timmy got here, we started winning, and we started winning 50-plus games every since he's been here. Now I'm a great coach. I, I remember, Mike, I talked to some of those guys, and they were saying it all starts with Tim because – Tim doesn't take that superstar attitude, and he lets Pop treat him the same way yep, he treats else, yeah. Gary Neal or, or your man Sasquatch or yep. whoever. <laughs> yes, no, you're right. Yeah, That's and like and Tim's like, if you know, I, and I think if if Popovich went to Timmy and was like, hey, I, I need to sit you tomorrow, and I want to rest you, and Timmy's like, okay, you know, like you're the coach, I'm going to do what the coach says, and I think when that kind of trickles down, and that that whole organization is is based on that uh, that that state of mind, or, yeah. or you know, so. Well, I'm I'm curious. We've we've talked about you know all this different stuff, and and we started our conversation about you know this whole thing lifted off about Greg Oden and kind of where his career stands now. Our next guest joining us is uh, a guy who's known Greg Oden for a long time. Um, one of his best friends played together with him in high school and college. Now the point guard of Memphis Grizzlies, Mike Conley, uh, is joining us on the Hang Time Podcast. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good. How you doing? Good, good. Sekou Smith here from NBA.com. Dennis Scott and Lang Whitaker of Slam Magazine all here, man. Just um, We've been talking about the the career trajectory that, you know, a lot of guys see. And we'll, and we'll get to Greg in a second. But yours, uh, from the time you got drafted in Memphis to now, you've dealt with a lot of different things. You know, Allen Iverson being a part of the mix, um, then, then bringing other point guards in. And here you are now, you know, rising to the top, obviously. How does it feel to you after – you know, three years in the league to see where your career is going. You know, it's uh, it's great to see you know the improvements um, that I that I've made and all the hard work I put in. And like you said, I've had to endure a lot. Um, you know, with guys coming in and you know injuries and and whatnot uh, early on in my career, and uh, to withstand all that and and to come out you know my fourth year and and start off uh, you know very strong and. Um, and, and start playing a lot better and starting to get the NBA game down. It's, it's a testament to how hard I've worked over the last three years. Well, well Mike, uh, first off, congratulations on the new contract. And secondly, with all the conversation about the point guard position this year, Chris Paul's back, do you feel any added pressure that when you don't hear your name mentioned with all these great point guards this year? Uh, you know, I think – I don't know if it's pressure, but I, I feel, a, a, you know, a sense of – you know, I I want to be you know in that same conversation. I want to be, um, you know, where they're at, and and the only way I can do that is to keep improving, keep getting better, and uh, you know, proving on the court. And you know, I'm I'm fine with what you know what they're doing and and the publicity they get because they deserve it. And um, for the time being, you know, I'm just working my way up and trying to get into a position where um, I'm able to to be in the same conversation. Mike, you mentioned working your way up, and you talked about it being in your fourth year and kind of understanding the NBA game. What's been the key to, for you to, to understanding the game and, and sort of finding your place in the league and with the Grizzlies? I think the biggest key was letting it, letting it all slow down. You know, I, I'm you know a player that likes to play you know, at a high speed and, mm-hmm. um, and try to you know do things a little bit too fast and kind of overthinking the game too much. Um, and I think once I started to let it come to me and, uh, you know, just went out there and played basketball and was just competing and having fun, um, the game slowed down, you know, plays, uh, you know, opened up and, and I was able to see a lot more on the court and it's made me a better player. Mike, I'm sure, you know, with the schedule you keep now and, and how busy you guys are, 
uh, in Memphis, it's it's tough to to you know be in constant contact with Greg Oden. But I know you guys have been friends for a long time. What what kind of conversations are you having with him now, just on a personal level? You know, how do you lift a guy's spirits when he's dealt with all he's dealt through, dealt with the last couple of years? You know, it's real tough to to try to lift his spirits. You know, I know I, I talked to him the day before his surgery. Um, you know, to wish him you know luck and and to see how he's doing. And you know, of course, he's down and 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 you know sad about his situation. But you know, it's tough to try to you know to see your best friend you know, going through that kind of thing when you know he has so much upside and, and could be doing so much more um, in this league at this point in his career. Um, but, you know, he I think he understands the situation. And by this point, he's, you know, just trying to get through this one again, just like he did the last one, and, and uh, you know, hope and pray for the best for him. Mike, we know that point guards and head coaches have to be on the same page because you're the extension of him on the court. How is your relationship with Lionel Hollins one and two? What have you learned being around him now a couple years? Uh, you know, me and Coach Hollins' relationship is, is as good as it's going to get. I think you know he's a almost like a father figure more than anything. He, he's always you know you know very tough on me in practice, very tough on me in games, but um, really lets me run the show. Really understands me and trusts me uh, with the team and. Um, you know, with that being said, I mean, it makes it a lot easier to go out there and play when you got the, the coach backing you like that and um, giving you, uh, you know, a lot of trust in, in, um, in yourself just to go out there and compete and play hard for him um, is always good. And that's the you know, kind of relationship a point guard and a coach need to have uh, in order to have a winning team. Mike, who did you watch growing up? Like, what, what players did you try to emulate? And who was your kind of basketball role model growing up? Besides your dad, yeah. we know your dad could dunk. <laughs> yeah, we know your dad. Had we hot. saw him on. Yeah, we saw him on the winner the dunk. <laughs> yeah, I wish I wish I could dunk like my dad. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, besides him, man, I really I liked watching you know a lot of Isaiah Thomas films. Um, I really liked Gary Payton was one of my favorite players going growing up, and uh, and of course Steve Nash when I was you know in middle school, high school, you know he was somebody I really looked up to and watched play. Uh, growing up so I mean I had a bunch of different guys I really liked and I idolized Mike now that this Memphis Grizzlies team has kind of come into its own and uh and I've been beating the drum about the Grizzlies for a couple years now y'all making me look much much better these last two years (laughs) (laughs) these last couple years big win the other night over the heat you know Rudy Gay with a big shot Zach Randolph coming in what's been the biggest change for this group is it personnel is it Something internal that changed about how you guys go to work. What's what's made the difference? You know, honestly, I think having the core group of guys around for you know a couple of years really helped out. I think it allowed us to grow together, allowed us to you know learn from our mistakes. You know, we played through some years where we were, you know played bad, but we learned from those you know those bad times, the hard times. And and last year we came out and were able to to you know, come out with a, with an aggressiveness, with a chip on our shoulder that we felt that like we could beat anybody any night. And, mm-hmm. um, and with Zach, with Zach coming in last year, it was also a big key, man. He's a, he's a horse down low and, and, you know, it draws so much attention to himself that makes, you know, everybody else in the team that much better and hard to guard. So, I mean, it's just, we got so many options now with OJ and Mark and Rudy and then with, with uh, Tony Allen come off the bench and, and the rookie stepping up. I mean, we've gotten a lot better and a lot deeper. So we're just going to try to keep extending that and keep it rolling. 
All right, Mike, I saved my hard question for last. <laughs> and, and this it, it may be tough for you, but I don't think it is. Your starting <laughs> five is solid. From one to five, everyone agrees it's solid. But the question is, being in the Western Conference, can y'all put together and make the playoffs this year? We believe we can. We believe we can. We know we got to, you know, put 20 times as much work in um, to do it. But we know, you know, in our heart that we believe we can get there, you know, with the with the team we have, with the bench we have, with the young guys we have come off the bench. Um, if they grow and, and continue to grow and get better and uh, continue to help us uh, each, each, you know, each game get better and better, we'll have a great chance of making it. Mike, we, had, uh, we talked to Luke Ridenauer earlier, and we asked him to pick the toughest point guard in the league for him to go up against. And, and he went with Darren Williams. So who, who would be your pick? And he stole the words out of my mouth. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'd say Darren Williams, you know, hands down, man. He's he's real tough to guard, man. He's so strong and, and quick with the ball. It's just really tough to guard him. Mike, do you, do you feel like, we're, you know, if you had to handicap a year, how far away are you from becoming a guy that's mentioned in that conversation? You talked about it earlier. When when can we say we would, you know, it would be reasonable to see Mike Conley's name mentioned in that conversation when we're talking about the very best point guards in the league? You know, I, I give me give me a year and a half, two years. You know, <laughs> right. I think I, for this year, you know, I get, you know, you'll see that, you know, I'm able to be consistent and, and play the whole year out. And, and then next year, you know, people start taking me, you know, serious and things like that. So, uh, you know, hopefully within the next year or two. That sounds good to me. Listen, Mike Conley, Memphis Grizzlies, we appreciate you joining us, man. And, and please send our best wishes to Greg Oden when you speak to him. Um, you know, we're feeling for him. All right, I'll do that. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Mike. All right, thanks, guys. Once again, delivering the goods here on the Hang Time Podcast. Shouts out to Micah Hart, our super producer, making sure we get it all in. Uh, a great two-part show this week, guys. Thanksgiving show. Anytime we get a chance to so, get the – So we got next week off, right? No, no no, no, no time off. No, this, time this is a sweatshop, baby. Come on, baby. Um, it's the NBA, baby. No, we talk, baby. no boys allowed. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but no, anytime we get the, the whole crew in the, in the studio here. I got an injury. Get the red lights on. This is, you know, we get it cracked. It's the red zone in here with these it's red, red lights. zone, baby. We don't and, need anybody to come walking past here and see this. And for all you <laughs> NBA lovers, all Quiet you storm. NBA followers, all you NBA junkies, Say cool, Langwin, and 3D. Wish all of y'all a super duper happy gobble Thanksgiving day. No question about it. Who's got the cranberry sauce? Uh, I don't know. I got the mac and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang time podcast episode 33 is in the books, folks. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. Be sure to check out the Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And for more of Lang, visit SlamOnline.com. You can follow Seku and Lang on Twitter at SekuSmithNBA and Lang Whitaker. The Smyrna Spartans have yet to get on Twitter, but we'll let you know when they do.